What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Dr. Football Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dennis Tian. With me, as always, is the CEO of Hedge Better, the man himself, Justin Fine. Justin, what's going on, my man? How are you? Oh, man, a lot's going on. Happy a New Year. going on. Yeah, a lot's going on. We, I think we both got a, had a eventful <laughs> holiday in uh, we New did. Year. Yeah, in uh Football season still in full effect, so uh, it's good, man. Life's good right well, now. We we're, were on hiatus last week, and it wasn't just because of the holiday, but also because uh, a lot because we were busy with Christmas stuff, and because the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Fine, uh, he is no longer on the market. He is now officially be- right. betrothed to be wed. Justin got engaged over the Christmas break. Took the plunge, Justin. Huh? That's right. Sorry to disappoint any of the female listeners out there, but yep, it's it's a wrap. It's uh, it's over. <laughs> It's uh, it, it, you know, it was fun. We did the uh, the engagement up in Portland. Finally, was able to surprise her. She uh, she kind of she kind of knew what the deal was. Like I think she expected it. Yeah, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, I was actually able to surprise her, which was nice. And uh, yeah, then we had obviously Christmas. We had her birthday two days later, so it was just a long week. I mean, we can, we can talk a lot about gambling, but yeah, there is no. A, a surprise engagement, like a true surprise engagement yeah. is a big gamble. Yeah. Like where the person doesn't even know it's coming. Exactly. That's how you end up like on a viral video or something like that. Right. Honestly, that was the thing, man. Cause you had to walk that balance. It was like, you know, I had everything planned. I had a photographer coming, right. but it was like, I didn't, I didn't like want her to know what was going on. But by the same token, I'm thinking like, okay, like she would at least want a couple of things right. to be like in order to go ahead and do well, it. Well, she right? knew like, you were you were gonna propose to her though. It was just a question when and how. Right. Like, exactly. It's not like you totally blindsided her. Right. Like these people that just like totally like right. spring it on their girlfriend out of nowhere without discussing it, like that's the ones that ends up ending in disaster. Exactly. Like, yeah. So she knew it was coming a little bit. So it was nice. Um, we spent the holidays with our family. You know, we got to rotate every year. She's from out of state. So we do the whole swap every Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, we rotate. This was her year with her family. So yeah, man, now it's the new year, 2024. A lot going on. That's right. A lot yeah. going on, man. Good. Well, you got a wedding to plan now. I do. I do. Uh, got a wedding to plan. We already started doing some guest list shit the other night and oh. uh, it's getting crazy, man. It's yep. going to, it's going to be a lot. It's, for sure. it's, it is, but, but, it, but, it, but it will be worth it and it can be done. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the Patriots podcast. Uh, we're, we do the around the league podcast as well, which we're going to record right after this, but we're going to start talking about the Patriots, Justin. We didn't record last week. So we had uh, the Denver game and then obviously yesterday in Buffalo. And uh, I'm going to start with the kickoff. This is the opening take that yep. we use to set the table for the rest of the podcast. Okay. And really what I'm here to say today, Justin, is that, you know, and anyone that's listened to this podcast knows that I've really, I think, been at like the forefront of it might be time to move on from Bill Belichick for two years. I I, I think go back to last offseason and we said it on the air that the Matt Patricia Joe judge thing was a fireable offense if it didn't work out. And it didn't work out. And and you could add that to the list of things Belichick has done. Any other coach in the league would have been fired three times right. but over the last four or five years. That, that's the reality. And, and, I, and so I've, I've been all about that. We talk about the Belichick doomsday clock, and I'm always ahead of you on the doomsday clock. Like All that said, what I'm here to say today is that I'm flipping on, on Bill <laughs> Belichick. Yeah. And that the more, the way things have developed in the second half of this season I'm actually saying today that I think they should give Belichick another year at least. And I don't think they should fire him this year. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. Number one is 
this defense is really great. This is a Super Bowl caliber defense. Yep. And as bad as this offense is, this defense, you you only need an above average offense to win with this defense. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to square one and you throw Bill Belichick out the door, then then, then you're, you're taking away, you're getting rid of the best and biggest asset you have as an organization, which is this defense. Belichick can still coach defense. And oh, by the way, we talk about Belichick, the GM. Belichick, the GM can still draft defense. They're stocked with young players. Yep. They've drafted young players on defense. Their problems are on offense. They're not on defense. They got, they're hitting draft picks up and down the river. Okay, bring in free agents up and down the river. Great players. Okay, on defense. So that's reason one. Reason two, I'm acknowledging it. Mac Jones sucks. Okay, he des- Belichick deserves another crack with a quarterback that 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 is that is a viable NFL quarterback. And I'm not sure Billy Zappi is that either. Okay, but I'm willing to admit and acknowledge that that the Mac Jones 2021 thing was a fluke. It was a flash in the pan and that it really was never there for him. Okay. Bring in a good quarterback with this defense and Bill Belichick. And I think you have something. I really do. So that's reason two. He deserves a shot to take. And, I'm, and I blame Belichick hundred percent for Mac Jones. I'm not one of these people that points a finger at Robert Kraft. Mm-hmm. Belichick's the GM. We were, we were blaming Belichick for the air pressure and balls a few years ago. People wanted to blame him for the air pressure and balls. But you don't think he took the quarterback in the first round three years ago? Of course he took it. It was his buddy's college quarterback. He took it. He thought he could win with an average quarterback. He was wrong. It was another blown first round pick. It's fine. It was a mistake. But I think he deserves another crack with, an, with to bring in another quarterback. And then the third is, and, and this is a big one, they haven't quit yet. You see this team, they're playing hard every week. So I think Belichick comes back. I think they're, I think he's going to retain personnel control too. I don't think he's giving that up. I think your sacrificial lambs are going to be Mac Jones mm-hmm. and Macro. Okay, Macro's gone. He stinks. Okay, he's going to fall on his sword. Mac Jones is going to be the other fall guy. And Belichick comes back next year, full control in a, in a, in a restructured front office. Yeah, I love that take. I mean, look, I know, you know, we've been sitting here talking about the Belichick doomsday clock, but I kind of do think, you know, it it was a lot of overreaction. And you know what, like, to kind of add to what you're saying, you know, Bailey Zappi is not a franchise quarterback, right? But isn't it like a night and day difference just showing somebody who can somewhat play at the NFL level, yep. like running running this team? Like, I mean, this it's is striking. A team, it's it's stri- striking. This is a team that can all of a sudden now compete every week with good teams, find a way to win some games. Like that's like, this is completely opposite and contradictory to the, you know, the Patriots team from the first half of the season. And I don't think it's any coincidence that, like you said, when you have a defense like this, you have somebody with Bill Belichick's like resume and pedigree. If they just get some competent offensive play, this is going to be a team that can back their way into a 500 record. Yeah. I mean, I think we were all desperate and, and look, it is a quarterback driven league. So, we're all desperate for Mac Jones to work out. The organization, including Belichick, made a huge investment in Mac yeah. Jones. And I think that when it was obviously not working for a long time, there was a lot of finger pointing going on. And, and I think now the dust has settled. Now we all have to come to a place of acceptance. Mac Jones wasn't the answer. He probably never was going to be the answer, mm-hmm. even though Belichick did not do right by Mac Jones. We all know that. He didn't do him any favors. But I don't think, I don't think Jones was probably ever going to be a good quarterback, unfortunately. As much as I defended him, as much as I was an apologist for him, the reality is now that I've seen what I've seen this year from him and from Bailey Zappi, 
who I don't think is great, but he's certainly better than Mac. The reality is the dust is settled and you have to say, what's the right way to move this organization forward? And I, and I still think it's, it's Belichick. I really do. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, not only the reasons you just mentioned, but if anything, again, I cling on to the fact that it's like, you know, we talk about being able to write the ship in reverse, like what's happened over the last couple of years. I'm still not confident that somebody, a fresh face is better to do that than arguably the greatest coach of all time. Like to me, like I still think you have a guy who is won you six Super Bowls here. I mean, yes, he's shown that he's, he truly, you know, he's not infallible, but I just can't see somebody else, some fresh face, like a, like a, you know, who's the guy in, in Arizona, what's his name? Um, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. A, like somebody like, like I can't see bringing in somebody like that and being like, oh, that's going to write the ship in new England. Like, no, I think Bill Belichick is still the guy to do it. And I think he's showing you like what you said, this team does not quit. Like that is the most telling thing to me they is how hard quit. this team plays. Like no. I know the defense is talented. I know the offense is doesn't have the the pieces both at quarterback or at the skill position, but the way this team plays is kind of striking. I mean, this defense plays every week like it's the freaking Super Bowl. Exactly, they play hard. Yes, they have the worst offensive talent in the NFL. Yes, they, they, there is not a, a team in this league that is less on offense than them. I mean, go to Carolina, Arizona, you you name it, they're the worst. But the defense plays so hard, so hard. Is is you can't ignore that. No, and and we keep, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but we keep talking about the fact that they don't have their two best defensive weapons either. So it's like, this is a team that when this defense is healthy, you give some of these younger plays another chance, uh, you know, another year to grow and mature. Um, it's going to be a dangerous defense next season. And they're, and they're stocked with young players. They stocked. developed as bad as they've been at developing young players on offense. Yeah. They've been amazing at de- like, they got young players at every level on that defense that they've drafted, that they're developing. Yeah. It's, it's like night and day. Right. And I mean, you know, no one talks about Steve Belichick either too, but like, what point does he get some credit, right? Like, you know, I know we all talk about Mayo and I'm sure he's doing a great job, but I mean, that whole operation on defense, it, it, it deserves credit for the, what they've built and developed on that side of the ball. But but you you let Belichick walk out the door and you might bring in the next guy. If, yeah, that, that sounds great. You might end up losing that defense. Yeah. And now you're the, the freaking Carolina Panthers are worse. Exactly. Exactly. And look, you know, it's not to say like, it's not to say that I want the Belichick reign to live forever, right? Like, it's not like the last thing I would want is when Belichick leaves for like his predator, you know, his successor to come in and try to be Belichick, right? Yep. Because I don't think another coach can come in and implement the Belichick method. We've seen his like kind of underlings branch out and go off and do their own thing, try to bring the Patriot way to other places. And it just doesn't hit the same, right? It doesn't work. It hasn't worked once. It hasn't worked once. So when the Patriots are ready to move on from Bill Belichick, I don't want it to be you know, more of trying to imitate what Belichick's done. I do want it to be a fresh face, but right now I just don't think that that fresh face is the best move for I mean, this it was team. never. it was never the plan. For Belichick to, to leave the cupboard bare in the in the franchise in disarray, that was never the plan. And if he walks away right now, that's exactly what will happen. I mean, this team will have no direction, no 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 vision, no no path to the future. They'll just be completely shiftless. And and I, that was never the way Belichick was supposed to leave New England. 
Exactly. Look, we already, and again, not to beat the dead horse, but we talked and talked and talked ad nauseum about how unfortunate it was the way Tom Brady left New England. And, you know, I, I just think at this point, if you kind of force Bill Belichick out the door, especially when he's showing you that there's still plenty of reasons to hang on to the hope. I, I just think it would be such a mistake. So so what's it look like next year, Justin, if Belichick is back? Because I don't because I'm gonna tell you something right now. There is no way Belichick is not if he's here next year, there's no way he's not gonna be the GM too. So I know that there has to be some kind of restructuring. Um there has to be some investment um in terms of like offensive there has to be some kind of investment in terms of brain power on the offense, right? They have to restructure this offense. They have to bring in some some new minds. I don't know if that's Josh McDaniels. Like I I, I wouldn't hate that idea as crazy as that sounds because I think McDaniels always did a good job here. But what does next year look like? How, how how's it going to work? Is Belichick the GM still? I think so. I I still think we're seeing Belichick the GM and the coach. Um, I think we're seeing another. You know, I, I think we'll see a team that's that's going to fight and compete. Like I hope we see a revamped offense. I don't think you can go into next year with the weapons that you have, with the assets that you have. You certainly need to address the quarterback position at the very least. Right. So I do think you see a revamped version of this offense, but I mean, Belichick's not stupid. No. He has to know that what he's been doing the last five or six years isn't working. It, but, and you know what? I, I know, you know, we've kind of dismissed this as probably, you know, a very small possibility or maybe not really plausible, but it just is so like, I know we, t- we talk about Belichick and it's like for somebody who we know because of what he's done, how like smart he is. Right. It just doesn't seem like that would be the type of person who would just continuously do something blatantly stupid. Right. It yeah. just, it just contradicts itself. And I go back to the whole thought that like, maybe you know, maybe the focus was that this is a two-stage rebuild and it starts with the defense. And then now we address the offense. I'm not saying that was like, maybe, you know, like a hundred percent the goal, or, you know, I'm not saying that like, that was the smart move, but I just feel like with the lack of attention that they've put into the offensive side of the ball over the last couple of years, in the emphasis, not only that they've put on defense, but the results we're seeing from this defense, we're just sitting here saying that it's, championship caliber defense potentially it's like was this a long-term rebuild from belichick saying hey we'll throw some darts on the wall on offense see what happens maybe some of these guys will pan out i don't know but the whole goal is to rebuild a, 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 an anchoring defense like those early 2000s teams i don't i don't know but i, I don't agree with that i, I, really I know don't. i know it doesn't sound like but it just it i just think he screwed up i just think look at he's a great coach but he's not a perfect coach and he he made a lot of mistakes. He did a lot of things wrong in the last few years. And if he's as great a coach as we all believe he is, then he at this point has no choice but right. to step back and say, this isn't working and I got to do things different. And if he's a good manager, the, the, Robert Kraft should not have to tell Bill Belichick, you have to do this different if you want to keep your exactly. job. Bill Belichick should be going to Robert Kraft and say, we have to do this differently. <laughs> if he really is the coach and the manager that we all think he is. And that's what I think it is. I just think the guy playing it simple blew it the last few years. I think he's stubborn. That's his weakness. He's got two weaknesses. He's stubborn and he's arrogant. Those are his two weaknesses. It's been that way since 2001. It, you know, when you have Brady, it covers up a lot of that. But if you've been paying attention, you could see that that 
his stubbornness and his arrogance gets him into trouble sometimes. Doesn't mean he's not a great coach, but that's what ha- that's what this was all about. Uh, an adherence to a way of doing things that hasn't been working. Now you won four games. You have to change. No, you do. I mean, I and, and look, we all know that. It's just, I guess I just look at it and I just say, wow, like, you know, it just seems like we've sat here for so long and just called out so many blatantly obvious things that it just, it's crazy to me looking back on it that like all these things could have maybe slipped under under Belichick's nose and, and, and it's taken this long to address them. But you know what? I agree. Maybe it is as simple as he made mistakes. He hit on the defense because that's his specialty. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's made mistakes with the offense. And a good coach, like you said, will know that he has to address him and, and he will. And maybe it's as simple as that. I mean, I, 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 that's really what I think. I think I think it's I think it's simple. I, I think it's everything gets restructured this year. I, I, I think they do some things differently. They don't need to build the, the um the 2000 Rams on offense to be, no. to be a, a good team. They, they need to, they need to become like the Cleveland Browns this year or above average offense. That's all, that's all they need. Give this defense an above average offense and they're going to be a really, really good team. Um, what do you think the possibility? And it's kind of ironic that, you know, facing the jets this week could be Bill Belichick's last game and Belichick's first game as a new England Patriots coach was actually against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Labor Day 2000. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that, his arrival as as being like the goat of coaches or being what he was what was against the Jets in 2001 when Tom Brady came in Bledsoe got hurt and that team went on that streak in 2001 I kind of think his whole like run really started with the Jets game in 2001 and now the potential might be ending um this weekend with the Jets what's the vibe going to be like in Foxborough Justin and, and and let me let me ask a second question on that which is is there are we going to know what Belichick's future is between now and Sunday, or is it going to be left up in the air? I think it'll be left up in the air. I I, I can't imagine us knowing in the next week, like what's going to happen. Um, you know, Belichick is, is always been kind of one of those guys. I feel like who's tried to keep distractions away from the team and away from the locker room, especially during the season. And I just can't see that being something that gets addressed or, or handled in the next week. Um, even though I know, you know, I know they really don't have much to play for. I just feel like they wrap it up before we, we we find out anything but i think you know what like as a patriots fan like i'll tell you what i would be kind of excited for for this game because like from what i've seen from this team the last couple of, of weeks is kind of what we asked for like once the season kind of went down the crapper right we said well we hope that at the end of the season even if we're not playing meaningful football we're seeing like sparks of hope. We're seeing something that gives us reasons to be excited about the 2024 NFL season, right? And if we can, you know, the, the, what the Patriots, what this defense has done the last couple of weeks, what we've seen this offense can do with a backup caliber quarterback and no skill players, it's like that gives me some reason for hope. So you know what? I would end this kind of, I would end the season on more of a positive note. Are you rooting for them to win on Sunday? You want them to actually win this game? Because a win this weekend could have huge implications to their draft position. They could fall, they could end up at two, they could end up at seven. It could make a right. big difference. It could. It could. Again, you know, that's kind of one of those. I guess it all just depends on what their plan is in terms of who they're targeting, like who, you know, like like who who they'd like to um, you know, pick up in the first round. I mean, but I actually really do think like, you know, you see the energy of this team. We talked about this team not quitting. You see like the energy of someone like Bailey Zappi, like 
screaming and going nuts on the sidelines, like when they're winning games, like I want the energy for this team to be high exiting this 2023 season, because I think if anything, carrying some momentum and positivity into the next year will, will be beneficial for a team that struggled for so long. I mean, the, the best case scenario is like a 24 to 21 loss where they yeah. come out, they show out well, you know, and, and somehow the Jets come out with a win. I mean, right. that, that's really the truth. Like this is going to be a tough game, I think, for, for, for me. And I think for a lot of Patriots fans, you know, because I'm trying to enjoy these last few games, you know, and, and I've never really found myself in a position where for this long, I'm actually rooting against this team. They've never been out of it yep. for, for such a, so early in the season before, but at the same time, I, I'm no tanker. I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in tanking. And I think that the best players come from all over the draft, which I've said multiple times on this show. So I don't know if, you know, you may get number two and it may blow up in your face, but that said, they desperately need a quarterback. They need all the draft capital they can get. They could potentially really put themselves in a much worse position for 2024 if they go out and win Sunday. They could, they could. I, does it, I don't let me ask you this though. Do you think there's any impact of like them going out there and just looking awful and like losing to the jets. Like, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that carry like that carries itself over into the, the camp next year? Like, it, no, I, I honestly don't. I think, I think this year is just, this is a year you just, once it's over, you just bury it and you put it behind you. This was a lost season for the Patriots. I think next year is going to be all about the fresh start, whether it's Belichick coaching here or someone else, it's going to be all about creating like a new vibe, a new aura, a new energy, what happens on Sunday and frankly, what's happened this whole season uh, becomes immediately just irrelevant, you know, come next Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that's the case. And I hope, you know, that this team is internally. And I think honestly, you know what, like we're sitting here talking about like, you know, we hope this team um, carries some positivity and some momentum into next year, but like we keep saying it, like they haven't quit. Right. And for this team to not quit, they obviously still believe in themselves and their capabilities, and they still want to come in in, in in play each week. And I think, you know what, given that, maybe the outcome of the game doesn't matter. Maybe these guys are just showing that, hey, this is a, a group of, of hungry dudes, and they're going to come, and they're going to play hard, and they'll show up ready There's, to play hard next the year. The one thing you can count on if you're a Patriots fan this week is that, that win or lose, they're they're showing up and they're playing yes. hard. They haven't quit yet. They're not quitting this Sunday. Right. Now, now they, they, don't need to, they don't need to tank to lose to this Jets team, no. to be honest with they're well capable of losing to the Jets without any like, special extra effort to lose to the Jets. They're just, you know, they're not that good. That's the bottom line. And and the Jets have a really good defense too. So this this could be, I think, a, a very losable game for the Patriots. Let's talk, Justin, a little bit about Bailey Zappi and his performance on, um, on, on Sunday yesterday. Because, like, here, here's the thing. Like, I think that we have been, all of us, a little inconsistent uh, and how we look at Mac versus how we look at Zappy, and I think yesterday was was a good example of that. I mean, I, I'm I'm not defending Mac Jones, but what I'm saying is that Bailey Zappy played a horrible game yesterday. That was that was a truly bad performance. I would go so far as to say it cost them the game. Mm. The way he played, they really should have won that game. He made a few plays in the second half, which I give him credit for. But in my opinion. That was a that was an F performance from Zappy. Three terrible turnovers, did nothing in the first half, and really cost him the game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, we I think we're 
we know that Bailey Zappi's not like a starting caliber quarterback. Like, look, I like, I actually like the kid. I think, you know, I, I see him make some plays where I think, you know, Hey, I wouldn't mind having this guy as, as a depth piece, like on yeah. my bench on his rookie deal. You know what I mean? But this is clearly not like the quarterback of the future. Um, you know, it actually, I actually would have loved if they swept the Bills this yeah. season. Like, you know what I mean? That would have been just, you know, everything that went wrong, they somehow swept the Bills this year with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Like, that would have been great. But you know what? At the end of the day, again, they kind of went out and, and fought hard. And if anything, it just proves the case that, like, you know, they lost by what? It was 26 to 21, I think? Yeah, 27-21. So, you know, you lose by six points when your starting quarterback throws three interceptions, no touchdowns. You know what I mean? Right. So, again, it's like it just gives you hope that this is a team that's ready to compete with some minor adjustments. I agree with that. And and one thing I'll say, too, about Zappi yesterday is as bad a game as he played, the reality is I do think he's going to have a career in the NFL. And I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't think Bailey Zappi's a starting quarterback, but if I'm being fair, I have to say, like, he faces the same limitations Mac Jones did. It's really hard mm -hmm. to get a clear read on what Zappi is because this team around him is so terrible. But I think that, I think that, you know, most likely he's probably not a starter. I think he is a good backup. And I will go so far as to say this from what I've seen from Zappi this year, which is that like Bailey Zappi will have a long career in the NFL. I don't know if it's going to be as a starter, but you know, he's like a, a Gardner Minshew, yeah. a Jacoby Brissett, a Tyrod Taylor. He's going to fall into that category. And the one thing you saw from him yesterday that you would not see from Mac Jones is resiliency. Yeah. Because when Mac goes out and throws a couple bad passes, he crumbles and falls apart. Mm -hmm. And that's his undoing. Because I do think he's, 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 he's not untalented, Mac Jones. Zappi showed resiliency, the ability to handle adversity, the ability to take a punch and get up and keep fighting and almost stealing that game. And, and as much as he's a limited player, that to me spoke very well of what Bailey Zappi is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I actually do like Bailey Zappi. Again, my uh, my thing with him is that, like, you know, I think we're saying the same thing. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't want him to be our franchise quarterback, but I would love to have him as a backup. And I do think that he's talented enough to, to bounce around and find his way in rosters. I mean, this kid, don't forget, he's still... As a Patriots, you know, as a Patriots starter, I think he's four and three after yesterday. You know yep. what I mean? So he's yep. still at above 500. Yep. And he's, you know, you talk about a couple of the games he lost. They're pretty close games, right? Yep. So, you know, this is a kid that's shown that. Uh, if, other side of the coin, though, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, Mac Jones was 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, you know. Similar. So it's similar. So it, it's similar, but I think it just but goes- it looks better. But it looks better. It, yeah. it, not only did it look better, it just looked like the, there was just more potential. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, so I don't he, know. He I, doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, get, he doesn't get flustered. Like Mac Jones gets flustered. Exactly. That's the biggest difference. Even in the pocket, some of those plays were like the pocket's breaking down. And those are the plays where Mac Jones panics or makes a yes. bad throw or falls apart. And Zappi kind of hung in the air and he delivered a few nice passes. I mean, yeah. you know, I think, I think he, he does have more talent than I was willing to give him credit earlier in the year. I mean, he, he has more arm talent than I was willing to give him credit. I, you know, is, is, is he, is he going to be the, the quarterback next year? I don't think, I don't think he can do that. I really right. don't think he can pass up the chance to take a quarterback, chance to take a quarterback in the top five, 10 pick you're going to get for Bailey Zappi. But does he have a role in this team or, or somewhere in the NFL? Maybe. Do you have concern? I mean, Zappi does have a certain kind of attitude about him, this kind of like gunslinger mentality. And I think it's a little like his attitude is a little bit too like enthusiastic and too, um, I don't know, um, 
braggadocious maybe for what he's actually accomplished on the field. Do you think he'll fit into a backup quarterback role? Like I'm trying to envision, you know, you draft Drake May or you draft Caleb Williams and now you got Bailey Zappi yipping at his heels. Like, you know, like, like he's um, the, the next Dan Marino. I don't know. Like he's kind of brought that energy with Mac. Uh, you know, if you bring that energy to the next guy, is Zappi kind of guy you want here as a backup? I mean, look, to, I guess to play devil's advocate, like Zappi seemingly when being tasked with the backup role by Belichick, he kind of fit in, I think, better than maybe we thought. Like, cause you know, like obviously, you know, there was rumors that Zappy and Mac maybe weren't the best of friends. There was, you know, um, maybe, maybe a little bit of contention there, but like Zappy clearly took the backseat role, right? He obviously did it gracefully because I don't think Belichick would have put up with it if he didn't. Um, and then when called upon- All fairness, Belichick did cut him though. And that might've been one of the reasons why. You're saying at the beginning of the yeah. year. Yeah. At the beginning of the year. But I do think there's a reason why he was brought back and kept on the roster to yeah. be the backup over some of the other guys that, you know, we he 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 tried out and, and kind of signed briefly. I mean, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, I want- I want my quarterback, even if he's a backup, to think that he should be a starter and have the mentality that he wants to play and he can help his team. Like, I don't want a quarterback who doesn't think he should be starting. But but I feel like with Zappi it, it, at times, and I, I could be wrong, but like the read I get of the energy is that just almost like it's like I'm getting – I'm getting that job no matter what to the point where it was almost like undermining a Mac Jones. And I think that – it created this whole thing, this whole dynamic. And part of it was the way the Patriots handled the situation last year with that the Monday night game we went to with the Bears and the fans chanting Zappy's name. We've all, you know, we all remember that. And like it created this really dynamic where Zappy had this like, I don't know, this like moral authority to kind of say like, oh, I'm, I'm getting that job for Mac Jones. Like it's my job, you know, and, and really kind of undermine Mac. And I just really would have concerns about Zappy bringing that same energy to the next guy. Like the next, like Bailey Zappy, just like any other player, but certainly any other backup quarterback needs to know his role on the team. And I think that the, one of the really bad things you can have on an NFL roster is if you have a backup quarterback that doesn't understand that they're a backup quarterback. I mean, that's why Belichick got rid of Cam Newton, if you ask me, in 2021, because there was no way Cam Newton could handle being the backup quarterback. He was better backup quarterback than Jared Stidham, I think, but yeah. they did not think that he could handle that role. And I think you have to really question the same thing about Zappi. Like, can he handle that role? Is he going to be okay with being the second guy? Well, you know what? Look, and I, and I, you definitely want to address that. You don't want that to be a problem, especially if you keep Zappi around. The one thing I would, I would say maybe in fairness to Zappi, right, is given what we've seen from Mac Jones, right? In the last couple of years, and you know, we're only watching him on any given Sunday, right? Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where Zappy is studying the playbook with this kid. He's practicing with this kid every day. Like nobody probably knows Mac's game better than like the coaches in, in Zappy, right? Like Zappy is there with him in like, and maybe Zappy's looking at it, seeing what we're seeing, but he's seeing it on a daily basis. Yeah. He's going, this kid doesn't have the he's mental not better toughness. Than me. He's not better than me. It's only a matter of time before he shows that and I get my yeah. shot. So like, maybe that was part of it. That could be, it's a you fair know? point. So I'd like to see like, if they were to bring in someone who's like, 
unquestionably talented, like, you know, undoubtedly like the inside track to be the starter or, you know, that is the guy. Right. Like, maybe he falls in line a little bit. I mean, it's a very fair point because like, it's really easy to point the finger and blame Zappi for the, 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 the um, strained relationship between Mac and him. You know, he's saying, oh, Zappi undermined Mac. The reality is like, <clears throat> what was the energy Mac brought to the situation? And yeah. then just what was the, 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 just the dynamic of the fact that maybe Mac just simply didn't have the talent and, 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 and that created this sort of psychological dynamic where Zappi knew that yeah. it was kind of a lot of back and forth and it came off as undermining when it was really just the fact that it was obvious that, that, that Mac was not in the position that he really deserved to have. Right. I mean, right. it could be as simple as that. And, and right. Mac, I, and I do think Mac, you know, look, I think Mac did bring his own energy to that situation in mm -hmm. a way like the same, which is not good. That sort of like entitled kind of tennis brat type thing. Yes. That yeah. Definitely was probably a part of it because like a tougher, mentally tougher, more mentally mature person is going to be able to handle a guy like Zappi leaping at his heels, go out there and perform. Yep. And Mac couldn't. And that's sort of a consistent theme we see from Mac Jones is that inability to like mentally handle those adverse situations. Right. Right. And, and that's, yeah. that, that's his undoing. All right. Um, couple other takes, Justin, about uh, the Pats before we, we move on to the around the league podcast. Um, thinking about why this Patriots defense is so good. And yeah. this defense is so freaking good. Like I, I just can't get over like how they were consistently put in bad position yesterday. And and they always, you could not have asked for more from this defense yeah. like, given the opponent in the situation. Why are they so damn good? And, and the one thing that I keep coming back to that I think separates this defense from some really good Patriots defenses we've seen in the past is Christian Barmore's presence in the middle of the field. This guy is unblockable. You look at what Miles Garrett does for Cleveland and how he changes the field yeah. or how Bosa and Nick, Nick Bosa in San Francisco or how Aaron Donald a few years ago, right? You get a player of that elite level in the, in, in the middle of your defense or on your defensive line. And it changes, I think, at every level what you're doing and able to do defensively. And what I'm wondering is, has Christian Barmore elevated to that level? Because when I watch this guy play, I see a guy that's not blockable. I mean, the last five, six, seven weeks, he is all over the field. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a kid we talked about when they got him. You know, they kind of stole him, right? I feel like what he fell to the second round. Second round. They fell, traded up. Right. They traded up. And, you know, we saw this kid and, and we said, wow. And even in, I think his rookie year, he came in, right? Looked really good. I think he got hurt the second half of his rookie yeah. year. But we, you know, we said it. We we're like, this is clearly a talented kid. Like he made an immediate impact as soon he, as he, came he did. But he kind of fell off his second year a little bit. I, I, I agree. And now I think we're starting to see like that reemergence of Christian Barmore. Like, and maybe that's because like the defense around him is elevated. Like, and it's just all, you know, rising tides raise all ships. And he is just now truly, I think, just coming into his own and getting after it. I, I, I'll, I'll go so far as to say this. I think he might be the first elite player they've drafted in a long time. Like maybe back to Rob Gronkowski that, that long. Yeah. Like this, this might be their best draft pick since then. He, excuse me. He changes the field when he's out there. He's tilting the field in a way that I think very few players in the league are capable of doing. I feel like he's ascended to that elite level. And, and my advice and my hope for the Patriots is they got $130 million in cap room. You better sign this kid right now. Yep. Don't play games with him. This is the first elite player you've drafted in a long time. I think he is, he's unblockable right now. 
pay the guy while you still can before it gets ugly, before you lose him. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it'd be really nice to know as fans that we have some anchors on that defense locked down um, under contract. And, and and I can't think of a better guy to start with than him. I think he's proving that uh, he really is an asset. Absolutely. Okay, Chad Ryland, Justin, missed another field yeah. goal yesterday. Oh, two two field goals, I think, yesterday, right? <clears throat> Listen, I, I think back to, you know, Adam Vinatieri, he started off tough in his career in 1996 season. He missed several field goals. By midseason, he figured it out. Steven Guskowski, you probably remember. Yep. He lost the game against Arizona in week four of his rookie year, clanked a kick off the upright. He figured it out by the end of that year. Okay, this kid, he doesn't feel like he's figuring it out. No. I don't want to give up on him too soon because you see the potential. Yeah. When he nails that kick against Denver two weeks ago, that was a big time kick. Outdoors, cold weather, 56 yards, game on the line, had already missed a kick, had a ton of pressure on him, went out there and drilled it. That was a money kick. Yep. But at the same time, I, I think I think he's a problem. I think he's more Scott Sisson than, than Adam Vinatieri right now. Yeah, and we talked about like – this Patriots team, you know, they they can't afford to uh, on special teams and you know to to, to kind of lack and, and and give up points and leave points on the board. Like they need consistency. Like you know, we talked about like they gave up somebody like Nick Folk, yeah. right? Who he does nothing for Six nothing, round pick. right? And and someone like him, you know, he's not going to go out and probably make a fifty six yard kick in Denver. But you know, he's automatic from like inside I mean, if they 40, have Nick right? Folk, like, they, they might they might have th- two or three more wins. Seriously, yeah. yeah. So you know, I. Especially with the draft capital you put into a guy like Chad Ryan. I know he's a rookie, but you I I what I don't want is for this mistake to come back and bite them in the butt next year. Like if well, this Patriots and that's the thing, if this Patriots team all of a sudden brings some 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 much needed help in, figures the offense out a little bit, and now they're ready to compete next year. The worst thing for this team would be to come up short and drop a couple games because of missed field goals. I, I, and, I mean, and they're not going to be like this dynamic offense next right. year either. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna still be in a lot of close games. And, exactly. and, and I think the best you can hope for is this offense somehow goes from terrible to average. You're still going to need a good kicker to win games, and and you really want to be. You got holes up and down this roster on offense. And now you have to worry about can can the guy make a forty four yard field goal? You know, yeah. it's like it, there's no such thing as a a safe kick with with the way this guy has kicked this year. He leads the league and misses. It's just another hole they're going to have to fill going into twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? You'd hate to say it's another blown pick, <coughs> another another waste of draft capital. But you know what? Like, look, maybe the kick can turn it around. This point, I'm not super optimistic. I think kicking, as you know, I'm sure you would agree, is mostly a mental thing right i'm sure yeah. there's, there's plenty of big totally. legs out there you know there's plenty of guys who can make kicks on the practice field but it's a mentality thing and that's one of those things that's tough to change you know what i mean you can get bigger or stronger you can work on accuracy things like that but having the mentality that a kicker needs is i don't think you can teach that you know what i mean yeah. so i i mean I, you can't teach it and, right. and i and i think you you have to have concerns if chad yeah. ryland has that mentality right now because right. he you know i mean it just feels like I don't know. I feel like he feels the pressure. He seemed to miss a lot of kicks. He's got a mm-hmm. ton of pressure on him now. Yeah. And and it's going to, I mean, when the games actually really start counting again next year, yeah. what's this guy going to be like? Exactly. What's he going to be like? Yep. All right. Two inactive players from yesterday I think we should talk about. Number one, we, we were on this from July and June, and that is Trent Brown. Okay. And she, you talk about Bill Belichick's personnel failings. Going into this season, and trusting Trent Brown to be 
the reliable, stable left tackle that every NFL team needs was a huge mistake. We were talking about it in the summer. What is Belichick doing? We were talking about it back in March. I think you can go back to our episode we recorded after free agency and it came up. Why would you trust Trent Brown? You know he's mercurial. You know he's volatile. You know he's had issues with buy-in everywhere he's gone. All that's manifested this year. That's been a huge part of why this offense sucks is because the tackle play has been bad. I mean, yeah, the quarterback is the main issue, but right up there with it is the tackle play, right? And Trent Brown, a healthy scratch yesterday. Okay, not injured, not sick. Belichick just didn't want to put him out there. Why? Because he was taking plays off in Denver. This is exactly what Trent Brown's MO is. It was a huge mistake for them to trust this guy. Yeah, huge mistake. We talked about it. You know, the, the guy's just been inconsistent. He's not the same player he was in 2017, 2018. You know what I mean? Like that when we went on that Super Bowl run, you can definitively say he might have been like the unsung hero of that like playoff run, Absolutely. right? Like he was he was just an absolute wall out there, probably the best lineman in football. And you're just not getting that in his second stint here. But he's not bought in. No, he's not. He's not. He's clearly not bought in. And you know what? He's, but he hasn't been bought in really the whole season, not but, just the last few. Exactly. Weeks. But that's the thing. That's the type of guy like you're seeing that like, you know, his talent level didn't change from then till now. Right. This is just a guy who I don't think is approaching this Patriots team, these quarterbacks with the same level of like dedication and commitment that he once had. And you know what? He's older. This Patriots team isn't competing. Um, but like he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who goes out and gives it 100% every week, no matter what. Well, well that's it. I mean, you know, we talk so much about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Right. They have a gaping hole at quarterback. And it's like the second most important position on the field might be left tackle. And that's yeah. just as big a hole for them. And so it's like, you know, if they don't take a quarterback, would I be pissed? Yeah. But could I really blame them if they go take Joe Alt or something or that guy from Notre Dame, the tackle everyone loves? No, I couldn't because it, whoever comes here and plays quarterback, they're going to have to deal with the fact that this offensive line is unsettled. And yeah. and, and, and they, they they need a left tackle just as bad as they need a quarterback. Like Trent Brown, it will not be here next year. Yeah, that's they're, the, they're done with him. That's the thing. It's like, you know, with, with this Patriots team, it's, you know, you, you talk about, you know, do you, do you put in the cart before the horse almost because we, we're talking about addressing the quarterback situation, but – you know, are you setting up a quarterback for failure if you aren't, so, you know, solidifying this offensive line, bringing in some viable weapons? Like, realistically, like, you need to solve that issue. And if you don't, I don't care who you bring in here. I don't see how they can be successful. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a gaping hole on this roster, and it could have been addressed. This was a strong free agent class for tackle this year. They they should have addressed it. They would have been a better team this year, and it would have it would have put them in a better position moving forward. Um, another one, Juju Smith-Schuster inactive yesterday. This one for injury. Um, this signing has proven to be an epic uh, disaster, yeah. I think, with Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and what I think, what I find, what I find most concerning about it, Justin, is the fact that this was one that was not about the money. We talk about, you know, oh, they don't right. spend money, last in cash spending, they don't spend to the cap, blah, blah, blah. Juju Smith-Schuster and Jacoby Myers got, nearly identical contracts, yeah. right? Or similar cap numbers, similar identical commitments. Almost, yeah. yeah. And, and yet, and yet, you know, obviously that was a huge error in judgment to, to go with Smith Schuster over Jacoby Myers or over someone else. Like, I don't think that 
I think they're stuck with Juju Smith-Schuster for next year, by the way, because they have yeah. guaranteed money or it'll be tough to cut him. Um, big mistake letting Jacoby Myers walk. And, and I and I was I was not I was okay with letting Myers walk, but the decision to bring in Schmidt, Smith Schuster to replace him, that that was clearly the mistake. Yeah, I think I think that was a big mistake. Um, you know, you traded a homegrown Patriot entering like the prime of his career for, you know, kind of an old washed up guy who's in the tail end of his career. Um He's got it, seven touchdowns, yeah. Jacoby Myers, this year on a bad team. Yeah. On yeah. a bad team. And, and, you know, you could say, well, he's got Devonta Adams opening things up for him. But all that tells you is that, you know, you give this guy some, I'm talking about Jacoby Myers, some good pieces around him to take a little bit of the heat off of him. Yeah. And and he could see he can actually be pretty damn productive. And don't you know for, he's not a number one. No. And don't forget, too, Jimmy G's been hurt like most of this year. He's done this with like, yeah. you know, or in bad season, he's done this with like Aiden O'Connell yep. and like some backup quarterback. So it's like, true. You know, I, I definitely think that is going to turn out to be just, you know, obvious, honestly, one of the, the, the worst moves offensively that, that they've made yep. really, you know, and, and again, we're not talking about Jacoby Myers as like a number one receiver, yep. but I would way rather have him contributing on this roster this oh, year. He's next not a year number. Than, Jacoby Myers is nowhere near no. a number one receiver. He's a two slash three, right. but Juju Smith Schuster isn't even that. Exactly. He isn't even that. Exactly. And they paid them the same money. Right. So in that, in that spirit, you know, I was watching the, um, Baltimore Miami game yesterday. Yeah. And you look at what Zay Flowers yeah. is doing in, in in Baltimore. And I'm sorry. Like I like Christian Gonzalez. People talk about freaking Christian Gonzalez like he's Darrell Rivas because he came in and had two two or three good games in the in the beginning of the year. We don't know that Christian Gonzalez is is, is that level of cornerback. He he looked good against Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Let's not rush to go overboard on him, okay? And then don't forget being able to stay healthy is a big part of playing and being successful in the NFL. If you can't stay on the field, you're, you're Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, can't stay healthy. He, he should have been a better quarterback than he is. I think I'm really concerned about Christian Gonzalez, even though he does look talented, because if the guy can't stay on the field for three games, that's a bad sign for a guy that I think was, was coming out of college. We were told physically he might not be, you know, thick enough to play at the NFL level, he goes out and hurts his shoulder in his third game. We don't see him again for the rest of the year. Zay Flowers is killing it in Baltimore. Yeah. Patriots still have a gaping hole at wide receiver. Like you want my honest opinion. I think the Patriots would have been better off. If they took Zay Flowers and Christian Gonzalez. I trade, I trade Zay Flowers. I take Zay Flowers over Christian Gonzalez tomorrow in a second. Yeah. I, I love Zay Flowers. I think, you know, him and I think him and Jordan Addison are just two really good receivers. Like, and those are two guys that, you know, I, I know. I, I, did I Addison go after the Patriots picked? I think he did. Cause I, I think I Addison think went it was after Flowers. There. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. it went Flowers, then Addison. So the Patriots realistically were in play to get both of those guys. Yep. Right. And as you know, you talk about the missed opportunities, um, and you just see the impact, like Lamar. Obviously, that Ravens team, top to bottom, is a more complete team. They they have a franchise quarterback, but like, just look what he's able to do. Yeah. Like, you know, when you you know, Lamar is turning Zay Flowers into a star. But like, yep. getting a guy like that would help elevate. You know, I think anybody, so. I mean, anybody. I mean, he's not going to be successful here because he doesn't have Lamar Jackson 
creating opportunities for him. We know that. Right. But, but could Zay Flowers be a piece that this team desperately needs? Clearly, exactly. he could. And I'm not 100% sold that Christian Gonzalez will yeah. be some. I mean, I know he's got potential. Three good games does not make you Daryl Rivas. Right. It doesn't make you Jason Seahorn. It just doesn't. So let's just pump the brakes. This kid's got to get on the field and stay on the field and do it for like a season before we call that a successful draft pick. I'm talking about Christian Gonzalez. You know, I'm watching Zay Flowers do what he's doing in Baltimore. I'm telling you, man, like, I think that was a blown, I think that was a bad decision by Belichick. I really yeah. do. Yeah, no, I agree. I would have loved to have somebody like Zay here. Um, especially you think about it, you know, Baltimore's got him on a rookie deal now for a couple of years. And that kid's going to make a lot of plays over the next couple of years for Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. All right. A couple other quick things and we're going to wrap it up. But um, this is a gr- great year, okay, to need to need a bridge quarterback. Mm. Um there are going to be a ton of bridge quarterbacks available. So have you looked at this list of bridge quarterback? Because I'm looking at next year and like, we've talked about a lot of like iterations of how they should approach this off season. Yep. Right now, as much as it sucks, I think they have to take a quarterback in the first round. It's a gamble and it could set you back another three to five years if it doesn't work out. But I don't see any other choice for the franchise. They have to do it. And I'm wearing my UNC stuff today, not just because my wife is a UNC alum, but because I love Drake May. I think Drake May is the best of the bunch. That's the guy I want in New England. But I also think they need to sign a quarterback. Which of these bridge quarterbacks, Justin, do you think would be a good fit in New England next year? I can read the list for you if you yeah, like. Yeah, give me give, give me a couple options. So you, I, I got a couple people that I'm thinking, but I just you got, want to make- Well, how about Russell Wilson? You got Russell Wilson. He's okay. going to be available. Right, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is available. All right, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it looks like Jake Browning is actually a free agent, believe it, it or not. Okay. Um, let me see. <clears throat> let me see what else we got here. Sam Darnold. Sam That's Darnold, a good one. All right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo huh. is going to be available. Baker Mayfield is yeah. going to be available. Did I say Ryan Tannehill yet? Yeah, you said Tannehill. Gardner yeah. Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a great year. Like I feel like on that list right there, there is a lot of guys that could come in with this defense and make a respectable team next year. I agree, but it's okay. So that's <laughs> that's kind of my thinking is like, if that's the case, do you need to take that quarterback in the first round? Like, yes. can you, you think you yes. think you need to do it you this year? You need to take a guy and develop him and get a good look at him and see if he's the guy of the future. But then you need to, for the reasons you just illustrated, then you need to sign a guy to be a, a tackling dummy. Right. Okay, while this team, and it's $130 million worth of free agents, and it's rebuilt offensive line, yeah. and it's rebuilt wide receiver room, comes together. Yeah, you need, you need a quarterback that can come in and play. And if you get the right guy, you know, you tell me Russell Wilson, you, you can't win nine or 10 games with Russell Wilson next year. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could too. If I'm being honest, I think the two guys that, I, in that are in that group that, or I'll even say three that I would love to see here. I'd love to see Gardner Minshew here yep. because I think Gardner Minshew is one of those kids that uh, he's just got that mentality, right? He's, yep. he's, he's got like the it factors, the intangibles, like very mentally tough. And I think he's shown like, I mean, he's leading the Colts right now to, to the playoffs, right? Yep. Um, I've always liked Jacoby Brissett. He's, I think he's been good everywhere he's gone. He's a whole, you know, he was originally drafted here in New England, right? Yep. I think he's somebody that's super talented, that he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I'd like to see him here. And then this Jake Browning kid's really shown me a lot. Yep. I like this Jake Browning kid. I'd like to see him. I don't like, 
the whole idea of Russell Wilson or like Kirk Cousins, because to me, that almost seems like where it almost seems like the Cam Newton experiment. Right. right? Well, it's the same thing with Zappy. We just talked about, are they going to know their role? Is right. Russell Wilson coming here to be the starter? Mm-hmm. Is Kirk Cousins coming here to be the starter? Right. Well, we just need someone for a year. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where I would really like to bring one of those bridge guys in, maybe even keep them here, you know, as a competent backup into the future. Because again, like, you know, you see it all the time. You do need a good backup, right? Like how many, how many teams, their their starting quarterback goes down and that's their season. You know what I mean? And the one thing I feel really strongly about is like, yes, I feel like they need to draft a quarterback. They cannot draft a quarterback and then have him be the starter next year. Like that cannot be the plan. Like they have to come up with someone else to come in because this team is not going to be, this is not like handing someone the keys to the Rolls Royce and saying, go have a drive kid. Right. This is a mess and it's going to be a mess. And I, I still think they can, they can be a borderline playoff team next year. I really believe that if they make the right moves this offseason because of this defense, I don't think they're that far away. But but you can't put a rookie quarterback out there with this team. You'll ruin them. Just like Mac Jones got ruined, you'll ruin them. Yeah. I mean, look, what well, we said, you know, I, I texted you um, after that Broncos win on, on Christmas Eve. And, and I asked, you know, flat out, I said, if Bailey Zappi started every game this season, is this Patriots team 500 and, yep. you know, looking at sneaking in the playoffs? Yeah. I think the answer is probably, probably yes. yes. Right? They'd be right there. So it's like, I, I think that there are plenty of people who could come in here and yes. hold down the fort. And lead us, baby, baby, back to like the postseason. Uh, I, I, you know, so, I think absolutely agree. So I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm optimistic <laughs> for for a couple of those guys on on that list. And you know what? I do like you said. I hope if they draft a guy, um, that at least it it's 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 done in a smart way. You know, like you said, I don't I don't want him to need to be out there out of desperation on week one. But by the same token, I also don't want them to take a risky gamble and pass up on another really sure thing. So that's that. I don't know. That's my only hesitancy is I'm just like, but they need a quarterback. I know they're not going to be right as a franchise until they get this quarterback thing figured out and shame, shame on Belichick for not figuring this out in 2018 or 2019. But like I'm saying, but with, with the hit rate that first round quarterbacks have, right. Which is not good. Couldn't yep. you make the argument that, you know, you bring in a Gardner Minshew, you draft somebody like Joel out of uh, out of uh, Notre Dame in the first round, and then you take your flyer with who's still there in the second round and see if you can develop them. And yeah, maybe- I mean you could do that, and don't forget they're going to have the the draft capital with that early second round pick. If they if if Bo Nix slides to twenty one and they like him, right? Jaden, I don't know. He say he's going to go earlier, but you get what I'm saying. Michael Penix is there at twenty four, and you like him. Like they're going to have the a draft assets because they're picking at the top of every round yeah. to move up and maybe make a move like that. So yeah. I, I'm okay with that too, but they need to draft a young quarterback that they believe in, bring them in there. Maybe you're right. Maybe with the top five pick, they take another player, a solid piece, and then they move back up to 10 or fit, like Kansas City did from a home, right? right? right, right or or right. move back up to 20. Or, I don't know. Or something like that. Uh, I believe Green Bay moved up to 24 to take Aaron Rodgers the year mm-hmm. he was there. So like, maybe you do something like that, but you, but all the more reason, if, if that's more of a developmental guy, you can't throw that guy out there, especially with his team. Right. He's going to be two or three years away. You need someone now to bridge that gap. That's where you bring in your Jacoby Brissett, exactly. your Gardner Minshew, your some with Jimmy Garoppolo, something like that to kind of to, to 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 keep yourself competitive while you develop this young player. Yeah. Okay. Last topic. Then we're going to wrap up the Patriots podcast. Justin moved to the move to the NFL around the league. Um, 
I've tried so hard to enjoy these last few games, but it's really been hard and sort of like a lot of mixed feelings because you're rooting both for and against the Patriots. Um, I'll be glad when the season's over. For the first time in my life, I, I will say that honestly, it will be a yeah. sigh of relief, right? At least now, you know, it's like we can get to fixing the mess, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird. Like, I, it's almost like you know it, it, the the fact that each week you know you're you're not like sitting there like pumped about the Patriots, excited to see the Patriots, wanting yeah. the Patriots to win. It's a very weird feeling, and it I is. don't want that to continue. No. You know what I mean? I want to get back to games that matter, caring about this team, like having hope, like for the season. Well, um, look, even in 2020 and 2022, they didn't make the playoffs, but they at least were in it. Exactly. It, it wasn't like this. Right. And we were out of it in October. This year. Exactly. Right. This is kind of a, a first for us, or yeah. at least a, something that we haven't experienced in a long time. So yeah, I really- And I, a lame duck quarterback too. Exactly, Don't forget right, that. That's part right. of it too. Like a a, 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 point, a season where you're out of it and a quarterback that you know isn't the future. So yeah. wor worst case scenario. Exactly. Exactly. So you know what? When the regular season ends, at least, you know- the saving grace will be we don't have to stress. We can enjoy playoff football in the Super yep. Bowl, you know, without uh, without being disappointed or having to worry anything like that. And then, like you said, we can get into get into the off season and hopefully start fixing things. But um, but yeah, I just I want to move on from rooting for the Patriots to lose because yeah, that's absolutely. not something that no. I like or want to grow. And, and you've to. had to do it for seven or eight weeks. It's yeah, just it, been it, it's been it's, it's been right. terrible. It sucked. It right. just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Want it to be over. Get back to 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 to. I don't know, at least having the opportunity to move this thing in the right direction. Yeah. And that starts with the off season and then the coaching decision and everything yep. we talked about. Well, I'm going down on Sunday. That's my plan. I'm going, if it nice. is Belichick's last game, I want to be there yep. for it. And uh, we'll see if there's any uh, news that breaks this week, but it, it, you know, it's, um, it will be an interesting vibe at Gillette, I'm sure, on Sunday. I'll be half rooting for, half rooting against. Um, it could be the last time we see Bill Belichick. And I think that'll make it an interesting game for no other reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's not the case, but like you said, you never really know. Right. I don't think we'll know by then. If but, something, uh, if something breaks this week, we'll, we'll record an episode like yeah, on Belichick for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, definitely. if something comes up, but I mean, who knows? I mean, we could be coming in next Monday. I mean, Monday. if something breaks this week, I'm going to try to probably go to the game because right, it's like, right. you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, absolutely. It's history. Yeah. It's history. But you know, I think, I, I think, um, I think, you know, we'll be recording next Monday and that's black, that's black Monday. That's when most coaches get fired. Yeah. Um, we'll see what Kraft does. If, if this is going to be a thing where he just, his mind is made up and he comes right in or, or whether it is my, my sense is news will break later this week that Belichick will be back. That's just my sense. I, I just feel like you've yeah. seen it. Mike Reese is reporting last week. You're feeling the things, you know, the, 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 the tides kind of underneath everything. Yeah. And I, th I think, I don't think they want to go into this, last week with like uncertainty and kind of a lame duck status. I, yeah. I just think if they, it, I feel like, I feel like something will break one way or the other. And we'll be there to cover it, whatever it is. All right. That's all the time we have. I want to say thank you to everyone that might've listened to the Dr. Football podcast. We're going to record the around the lead podcast in a few minutes. So keep your eye open for that. Have a wonderful, great, great week. We're wishing everyone a blessed and a happy new year. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, unless there's major news, we'll be back sooner. Take care, everyone.